Genesis. I don't know that I thought we'd ever get here, but we are to the last chapter in the book of Genesis. Now, we got one more week in our 16-week semester, and so next week we're going to actually go back and do a really hurried-up review of the 50 chapters. I'm hoping that I can kind of break Genesis up into little segments so that you can see it as it kind of comes together in a survey form. But we've spent the entire year in the book of Genesis, and it's been beneficial to me. I hope that it's been beneficial to you. But as you know, throughout the entire year, we've taken Genesis, and each chapter we've tried to find some segment within that chapter that can make a real difference in our lives today. Even though it is recording some of the most ancient events of history, those events in history, the principles of God are never changing. And they come into our life as well. And so when we get to chapter 50, you're going to see, I think, some of those uh, principles that can be applied to you and I today. <clears throat> Here are the five questions that I hope to cover during this little sermon segment. So go ahead and screenshot that, and you'll have those. Allow you to study on your own. If you're part of the Restoration School of Biblical Studies, you can fill in the blanks as we go. All right, you got it? All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 50. I'm going to give you the theme of chapter 50 or the application that we need to draw from chapter 50 as being dual purpose of suffering, the dual purpose of suffering. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, now pause for a moment. In chapter 50, we're going to get Jacob buried, uh, Israel. He's going to be buried at the first half of Genesis chapter 50. The second half of chapter 50 is really about the death of Joseph. In between those two segments, we're going to have a little bit of fear on the part of Joseph's brothers. Dad's dead now. Is Joseph going to take revenge on us now that our father has been put in the tomb? And so they're, they're going to, to Joseph and saying, hey, you know, we're concerned. So that's what's taking place in our passage. Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead. They said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. And they certainly did a lot of evil to him. So they sent a messenger to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. <clears throat> Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now, so that's what dad said we should do. And now they say, they do what dad said. Please forgive the transgressions of your servants of, uh, of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I am in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive, and they are today, as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus be comforted. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. And so you've got the dual purpose of suffering. There's going to be, there was a lot of suffering that took place in this entire story, both from Joseph, who suffers from the good standpoint, or there's real purpose in his suffering, and the brothers who brought suffering down upon Joseph for evil. So you meant evil, but God meant it good. There's a dual purpose in suffering, and I, I think that's, I think that this might be one of the most practical lessons of the entire 50 chapters that we cover because all of us suffer to one degree or another. And a lot of times our suffering has this dual purpose that is taking place. I say most of the time. There's two things that are happening here. And so, number one, there's a suffering from evil that summons repentance. When evil takes place and suffering happens because of that, one of the processes that God uses or 
he hopes that that the process will take place with regards to this suffering is that it will eventually bring some level of repentance. You can back up here. So they're going to send a messenger to Joseph. Dad said we were to apologize. They go ahead and apologize because they recognize that they had done evil. So there's a real recognition of wrongdoing that took place. So when you suffer from something that has been evil that has come into your life, recognize that there is someone, and it might even be you. Maybe you brought this evil upon yourself, and therefore you need to have repentance in your life. Or it could be, if the evil has come from somebody else, that there is a call to repentance, a summoning of God to repentance that is taking place in that process of evil. Now, as I watch things happen around the world, and you watch them, I'll be honest with you, we are a, we are people of calloused conscience. I, I saw a video just recently on, on, on social media here in America of three teenage boys. One boy was holding another teenage boy down, and, and the other two were just pummeling him. And uh, we're brutal. Two of those boys were laughing as the process was taking place. We, we've lost our conscience, etc. But generally speaking, if good is persecuted, there comes a time when, at the very least, the call to repentance will take place. Most of the time, the evil person will not respond well to that. Occasionally they do, as is in the case of Joseph's brothers. But you can see, even in this situation, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of humbling. All those chapters we talked about where the, 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 the brothers come down there and they're basically begging from Joseph, even though they didn't know Joseph was their brother. And they're begging from him, and eventually he reveals himself to them, and they're shocked, and what are we going to do, and all those kind of things. All of that process, it took a lot of time. Joseph is down there in Egypt by himself all those years suffering, etc., because of the evil that his brothers did to him. But in the process, over time, the brothers are eventually going, the light bulb is going to come on, they're going to see what they have done, and they, it leads them to this level of repentance. So suffering from evil can offer God an opportunity to summon repentance, but it can also offer God an opportunity to summon respect, to summon respect. Notice as you move down here, they're not only going to say, I'm sorry, but his brothers are going to come, they're going to fall down before him. That's kind of really important, because remember the dream that Joseph had all those years ago. And remember how they hated him for it. Remember how even his own dad rebuked him for telling those dreams. And yet, notice what's still happening. And, and this isn't the first time they've fallen down at the feet of Joseph, is it? They're falling down before him, and they're saying, we are your servants. The second thing that comes when evil happens in your life, God uses that to summons repentance. Perhaps he's letting you suffer so that somebody else can get the message of, of conscience, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that to him. Perhaps he's letting you suffer so that somebody else can eventually come to a level of respect for who you are because of the way you dealt with that suffering. Think about Joseph. Think about all the things he could have done. Think about the opportunity, now that dad's gone, for him to do those things to his brothers. And yet, that's not what he's going to do. He's going to be merciful and he's going to speak kindly to them. And so, suffering from evil gives God the opportunity to summon that person to repentance or the one who done the evil to repentance. It's going to give God the opportunity to summon a, a level of respect for the person who has suffered under your evil. But there's also a secondary area, and that is suffering from good. Because clearly that's what happened to Joseph. 
Joseph is thrown into a pit, taken away into slavery, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, spends all those years in prison. All of that suffering that he goes through, it actually leads to good. And although in the midst of it, I suspect there are moments of great discouragement. I don't know if he ever desired to give up. It. I know I probably would have. Doesn't seem to indicate that he did. But my point is that Joseph is going to be a man who, when suffering for good, is going to mature. Suffering from good offers God the opportunity to summon you toward maturity. Watch this. You meant evil. God meant it good. And he meant it for good so that I could, so that we could bring it about that many people should be kept alive. Many people. Now, I don't know that Joseph recognized what he was saying there, but uh, when you understand the maturation process, not just of Joseph himself, but of the entire Israel nation, think about what's happening here. He said, many people are going to be kept alive. Because of the efforts of Joseph, God's people are going to be transported to Egypt, and it's in Egypt that they're going to do their primary growth, growing, if you will. The primary evidence of God's promise all the way back there to great-grandpa Abraham that uh, you'll be a great nation, that primary evidence of fulfillment comes because of Joseph and his people living in Egypt. And so, yes, there's going to be a great maturation process. Now, I also need to, to mention in the maturation process that God, without question, summoned Joseph to a maturity. You know that all those years that he has been living without his, 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 his family and been persecuted and, and uh, been given up on and forgotten, and all, all those years led him to become a real mature man in God, the faith that he must have had. And you know that that's true because here, when he could take the opportunity, I mean, he had their lives in his hands. He could have taken the opportunity to really punish his brothers, but he doesn't. Instead, he's going to speak kindly to them. Think about that. So, suffering from good gives God the opportunity to show the maturation process within the people who are suffering for good. And suffering from good also summons endurance. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And this people is going to continue to stay alive a lot of horrendous things are going to take place. A lot of folks are going to die along the way. But eventually, this people is going to introduce to the world the blessing that was promised to Abraham, which is the Christ, the Messiah. And so there's going to be a great deal of endurance uh, that will come about whenever we suffer for good. So what, what are the applications then for you and I? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here we go. Du dual purpose of suffering. Suffering from evil summons repentance and respect. Suffering from good summons maturity and endurance. All of it summons mercy. One of the great attributes of God. You ever consider that? I had just recently started in my prayer life to really thank God for being merciful. I'm not as merciful as I need to be. And I'm trying to become more like God in that, re in that respect. By way of illustration, notice it in verse chapter 50, verse 21. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them, and he spoke kindly to them. The mercy of Joseph. Because he was used by God to summon the repentance of the brothers. He was used by God to summon the respect of the brothers. He was used by God to go down a path that would bring maturity both to him and to the family of God. And he was summoned by God to show endurance, which Joseph is a 
primary example of that, is he not in the Old Testament? And the endurance of God's people, all summoning towards mercy, one of the great qualities of God himself. And so Joseph shows that, does he not? In the end of this, he shows his brothers that instead of being vindictive, I'm going to speak kindly to you. I'll take care of you. Powerful, isn't it? As we wrap up the book of Genesis now with chapter 50, and you begin to see how this plays out. And again, I'm going to do more of this next time as we review. But you see that the final major event of the book of Genesis is going to be the death of Joseph. And Joseph's final act, if you will, in many respects, is to be kind to those who have hurt him. To do what's best for those who have hurt him. Being merciful. Much like the Christ will be merciful to the world and many years into the future. Good stuff. All right, here are the five questions that we tried to cover during that sermon segment. I think we did okay. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the 50 chapters. Again, next, stay with me, because next time I'm going to give you a really rushed uh, survey of how all 50 tie together. But uh, as we wrap up the specifics in uh, covering each of these chapters, uh, I, I Again, I hope that they've been as beneficial to you as they have to me in, in working them up. Thank you for being with me. So I love you very, very much. Sonny Chow, Sam, be there. Matthew 16, 26.